You're born poor. You can be born poor. You can be born addicted to drugs. None of those things are your fault. Dying fat, your fault. Dying poor, your fault. Dying addicted to drugs, your fault. Those are choices that you make. Nick Comalazzo served 12 years in the United States Marine Corps as a Marine Raider and Recon Marine serving in Iraq, Afghanistan, Turkey, and all over Southwest Asia. Where is your health at? Because that's the foundation that everything is, if your hormones are jacked up, you're overweight, you're eating like shit, you're sleeping like shit, you don't even have the energy and the, the physical ability to crush it in life. Currently, he is the CEO of the fastest growing organic men's grooming company, Johnny Slicks, and is the CEO of Agogi, a transformational program helping fathers, husbands, and businessmen become the very best versions of themselves. He and his wife, Allison, also host the Always Forward podcast. This is the Modern Warrior podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. And this podcast is here to deliver the tools and strategies that you need in order to level up your life as a man in today's world. Nick, an absolute honor to have you here on the Modern Warrior Podcast. How are you, my man? Good. Thank you, Gavin. You've got some. I, I, my, I was telling earlier, it's my second Ireland podcast. Now I feel like I need to start traveling to Ireland. Yeah, you got to make it happen, man. Yeah, I think I think we need uh, a man like yourself in this country to set. I've things. never, never been. No, well, out of all the places in the world, never been. Are, are you one of these Americans who's like uh, part Irish, like two percent Irish, or any any descendants there? Uh, aren't all? Aren't aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I hear. Yeah. 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 No, I've got I got some in me. There, I did twenty three in me. There's there's some Irish in me. Yeah, I, I figure that you've got you've got uh, I don't know what it is. You, you definitely have some some sort of Irish look there about you. Maybe it's the hard. There is uh, probably the beard, the but uh, I'm actually I'm actually majority Greek. Okay, oh, nice one. Yeah, yeah. According to twenty three me, Southern European is what they say. Oh. But there is there is like they've I think they categorize it as British British Irish, yeah, which okay. I'm, I imagine the Irish probably don't like so much. But yeah, yeah, you're Irish man, not British. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, some strong beer gains going there too, man. So fair play. So um, the podcast today, you know, I know you've been through a hell of a fucking journey over the last number of years, uh, ex-Marine, and uh, you've built and developed a couple of successful companies. So yeah. perhaps maybe peeling apart some of the lessons you've derived from, from, your, uh, from your journey with those and maybe going back to uh, the Marine and speaking about some of the highlights or the lowlights that you experienced from from your time there and how you've sort of grown from from that journey to become the man you are today yeah i uh you know for the the marine corps really specifically um i learned very early on uh because you know if i go really back to the beginning right and and i get this question like what's harder well what's harder as you age and as you gain more experience is scales right so when i was 18 you know marine corps recruit training might have been the hardest thing i've ever done at the time right but you know at 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 28 being a a marine raider and 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 us socom well recruit training is not really that difficult anymore you know what i mean so it's like as as you progress through through your military career if you're really pushing it then you know what you consider hard in life changes, right? 
Um, and this is, you know, and, and, and kind of flash forward to the end of the podcast. This is why it's so incredibly crucial that men do hard things, mm-hmm. that men challenge themselves, that men push themselves to the limit. So very early on, I learned uh, I got hurt in recruit training. So ironically enough, the whole story goes, basically, it took me almost two years just to get into the military because I was a convicted felon. I had all kinds of issues. Um, and, and, I, and I fought the system and won and, and got my shot. And then 11 days in, I think it was 11, maybe even seven, I broke my wrist. So I had to, so I had to basically get held there. I was at recruit training for five and a half months. Now, it's, now just to, for those the listeners, when you're at Marine Corps recruit training, you don't speak in the first person. You speak in the third person. This recruit, whatever. There's never an I, there's never a me, it's this recruit. So keep that in mind, like for five and a half months, I spoke in the third person and what that does to like your brain, right? So I learned very early on that if I want to achieve something, if I want to make something in that five and a half months, that it was a hundred percent on me. I wanted to quit. I got to that place. They dropped me to like the medical place. There were people with cast up to like their hip from broken femurs. I will never forget the day I showed up, there was a guy and I don't know if he was crazy or if he was pretending to be crazy to go home. He had a flashlight and he's in the corner beating himself in the head with the flashlight and the drill instructors are holding him down, trying to like get the flashlight away from him. I mean, it was all kinds of crazy stuff. People trying to hang themselves in the showers. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for. I went out and I actually tried to like say, Hey, I'm hurt. Let me just go home. Heal. We'll give it another shot. And they were like, uh, nah, you're, you're going to, you're going to sit this one out, you know, talk to my recruiter. That was a weak point I had. But after that, after I had somebody, a man say, listen, you're going to heal and you're going to become better for it. You're going to have, he said, take the time that you have now. Yes, it sucks. You're playing stupid games. It's a horrible place to heal, but take the time right now to learn as much as you can so that you can level up. Well, I ended up graduating because I had extra time, I ended up graduating the number one guy in my company. So out of like, yeah, I don't know, the 300 people, I was the number one guy because I took that up. I, I, once that switch flipped, I was like, oh shit, I've got, I've got a cheat code here. I've got an, I've got an up on everybody here that I, if I want, if I choose to, it's a choice, right? This is where I'm making a choice to utilize this negative situation to my benefit and to become the number one guy. Well, when, when that right there, that moment set my career on fire because from then on out, I realized, Oh, Marine Corps, the military is a game. The military is a video game. It's a one-up game. And it has, and it has to do with how much effort you're willing to put into something. So that led me to my unit, which led me to taking selection for force recon, which led me to go to, Marine Special Operations Command as a Marine Raider and take selection there and finish out half of my career as a Marine Raider and, and U.S. SOCOM serving all over, you know, basically all over the world. That that was a choice. You have to make a choice to do that. And every single one of those levels is incredibly difficult and incredibly almost gambling on the whether you're going to make it or not. At one point in my career, when I went to recon, when I went to Amphibious Reconnaissance School, Fort Story, Virginia, um, I was at the point in my career that I either had to pass that course or I was out of the Marine Corps. That was it. Either succeed or I was 
you're going to go be a civilian. And at that time in my life, I was definitely not ready to go be a civilian. I was not done living that life, the military life. So for me, there was like, there is no failure here. And there were some things that I failed. There's some things that got, that got really close that I was like, oh, shit, I need, I need to tighten it up. I need to push harder. Um, I remember that I failed, a ruck, I failed a ruck run. And which if you fail a ruck run, you don't get off time on the weekend. Like you don't get like, uh, you know, you get, you get like a day off on Sunday or something like that, right? So everybody's going out in town, eating burgers and drinking beer and, you know, kicking one back after a hard day, a hard week of training. And it's, it's a three-month three course of just, you know, getting, basically getting your dick punched in every single morning. And I was like, I will never fail another run again. <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. But there's, there's, there's points in your, in your career that you're, that you potentially could fail, but you just have to push the needle. And I think that's what people fail to understand that it's these, these are choices that you have to make all the way, you know, down the road. It's a personal choice. I made a video yesterday talking about you're born poor, right? You can be born poor. Uh, you can be born addicted to drugs. None of those things are your fault. Dying fat, your fault. Dying poor, your fault. Dying addicted to drugs, your fault. Those are choices that you make. If you die poor, that is a choice that you made, period. Mm -hmm. And people can debate me all they want. I don't give a shit. That is a choice that you made. Yeah. As much as uh, the Marine Corps was a game, life's just a game, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? And it took me a little bit to realize that. But once I realized that what I learned within special operations in the military, not just with like pushing the needle, right? And, and, and living outside of your comfort zone. When I learned that, you know, your operational planning, your drive, your mindset, all of that plays into business as well. It was like, it, it was it. It was, it was a ringer. Mm -hmm. Cause now I get, okay, I want, I have a goal, right? So for instance, in the military, you have an operation, we have an, a desired outcome of the operation, right? So you know where you want to be, and then you backpack to where you backtrack to where you are. And then you create phase lines approach throughout, throughout that time. And I, in, in my mentorship group, uh, in my coaching, we always talk about 90 days, 90 days, 90 days, 90 days. It's just a very tangible way of breaking things down. Work. Your whole life should be in 90 day blocks. Now it could be, you can have a year goal, but honestly, five years ago, I wouldn't, I'd, I would, I had no expectations or understanding that I'd be talking to you. So you want to have a five-year goal. That's great. Don't be attached to it. Cause it's probably going to change, but head down that road, walk the yellow brick road, because when you get to a Y that's what's, that's the opportunity, but yeah. you got to walk it to be able to have the opportunity. <laughs> so 90 day chunks. So if I look at anything in life, that's what I realized. I was like, holy shit, man. Like if I have this, this operation in the military that I had a desired outcome back, you know, backtrack to where I'm at today. And I've created phase lines of what we need to do to get there. Then we break it down to even, you know, the one day thing, what do I have to do today? You know, and I love the weight loss thing, right? You want to lose 30 pounds in 90 days. 30 pounds in 90 days, it's a lot, right? People go, damn, 30 freaking pounds, man. Okay, okay, well, that's 10 pounds a month. Okay, it's 2.5 pounds a week. Okay, now I'm getting a little bit better. Oh, it's 0.35 pounds a day. Oh, so what do I have to do today to lose 0.35 pounds? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, 200, or 200 grams for you guys. 
You know what I mean? I just need to lose 200 grams today. That's it. Mm-hmm. So what do I got to do? That means I got to wake up at 5 a.m. I got to pre- have, my, have my, my meals prepped, eat all my meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, a certain amount, make sure I'm in a deficit, get my activity in, get my walk in, drink my gallon of water. If I do that today, I'm all I'm worried about is today, I'm going to hit my point, my, my 200 grams for the day. That's it. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about a week, a month, 90 days. I'm just worried about the shit that I got to get done today. That point, that 200 grams. I just need to hit 200 grams today and then wake up and then do it again and then wake up and do it again. And then in 90 days, guess what happened? 30 pounds. You just change your life. Mm-hmm. You just literally change your life by focusing on one day at a time. And those, uh, <clears throat> those small changes also become lifelong habits. You know, Always. So, yeah. It lights you on fire, but but then you take that same concept and it's like, okay, well, I want to make 30 grand in 90 days. All right, sweet. Let's break it down. What do I got to do? And I literally was just talking to a coaching client, my one, one of my one-on-one coaching clients today and talking about that. He was like, Hey man, this is where I'm at. I, I like, we're doing good, but I need to make more money. Okay. How much more do you need to make? Let's talk it out. What do we need to do? Let's white, let's, let's whiteboard this thing. And it came out to like, at the end of the day, he didn't even realize all the opportunities that he had. And it came out to making like extra $71 a day. I said, all we did was move some things around, got rid of somebody, outsourced one thing, boom. And I was like, see what we just did? $71 a day. He's out making the moves right now. So you got to make 71 extra dollars a day to completely change your life yeah. for what you need in your life. And on the money thing, it's interesting. My wife, uh, I, I say this a lot. My wife and I, 10 years ago, well, almost 10 years ago, we were, we never once ever said, I can't afford something mentally, right? Like putting that, putting that into, and you know, in your brain, I can't do this or mentally, I can't do that. I can't afford that. We always said, what do we need to be able to, what do we need to do to be able to afford X? Or what do we need to be able, what do we need to do to be able to do X? That's a completely different perspective. That's a completely different mindset. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that have this limiting belief factor of what they can achieve. And they're like, well, I'm on a fixed income. This is where I'm at. You know, you're the elephant, you're the elephant tied to the rope and the stake in the ground. You know, I don't know if you guys ever heard, heard, ever heard me tell that story, but you're, you're a big, you're a big massive elephant with a piece of paracord t- tied around its neck with a stick in the ground, thinking that stick is holding it there. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a facade. Of course. It's, it's a bull, it's bull, it's bullshit. Yeah. You've got the power to change. It's uh, <clears throat> what happens though, if you've got someone who's coming out and, and reaching to you and they know that they can do more, become more level up. But at the same time, the big problem at the moment is, and I had this discussion with someone else uh, yesterday evening on a, on a podcast that there's just uh, an overwhelming amount of information out there and people are confused as to what to do and this confusion sort of leaves them stuck in a situation where they're thinking, okay, do I need to do this or do I need to do that? Or what the you fuck? what I call that analysis paralysis. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You analyze shit to death, man. Uh, and it was funny. I was, I, that same conversation came up with, with him today. Um, he was like, well, I just, you know, do I do this? Do I do this? And I'm like, I feel like Yoda do or do not just do, do it, do something. Mm. It doesn't matter. This kind of talks me back to like the yellow brick road. The journey you start on might not be where you end up going, but it's how you get there. 
my first company was a complete and utter failure. Had a lot of fun with it, pushed, pushed hard. Um, I consider it a huge failure. I had a lot of goals, had a lot of dreams, traveled, literally traveled the world trying to make it happen. It was my first business outside the military. So I had these high hopes. I'm going to be a millionaire within a year, yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Um, but I went, I went all in and I pushed for it. And I pushed hard and I flew around the world and I spent thousands of dollars and I, you know, I, I made thousands of dollars and then blew thousands of dollars trying to, trying to build this thing. But I would not be here today if it wasn't for that. Because, because of walking that path, because of doing, because of action, execution led me to where I'm at today. But so many people are afraid for what? The fail? Yeah, you're going to fail. 100%. You will fail. But if you don't ever have that failure, you're not going to get to the success that you want. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if you don't know what you want? What's that? What if you don't know what you want? Start if, doing it. If they're coming to you saying, yeah, I know that. I can become more. I know that I'm not satisfied in my life right now, but I, I, I just don't know what I want. I mean, is it more money? Then I go this, this, this is where I start. Okay. Are you, are you physically fit? Are you overweight? If you're fat, there's goal. Number one, fix that shit. Okay. You know, if you're overweight, fix it. How's your sleep? You sleep good. Are you just sleep like shit? Mm-hmm. Well, goal number two, fix your sleep. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, what personal development are you doing? What are you learning? What books have you read? What podcasts have you listened to? You're not doing any of that? Goal number three. Okay. So you sort of start you start on the sort of surface level stuff before you go deeper or you're yeah, you start working on yourself. It's the foundation. <clears throat> yeah. Like a successful person, you can't be wealthy and, and overweight. Not really, not truly successful because mm. your health is your wealth. True. And now, now you're, yeah, sure. Maybe you're a millionaire and you're super overweight um, and you're probably going to die of heart disease and obesity and you're going to leave your family behind. Is that a successful person? No. Super in shape person, no money, not be able to take care of their family, not be able to take care of their mother, their father when they're, as they're older. Is that a successful person? No. It's all one package. You got to have it all. So the first thing, especially with the coaching people that I come in, I'm like, first thing we're talking about is you. I don't care about your business. I don't care about anything. Where are you at? Where is your health at? Because that's the foundation that everything is. If you're, if your hormones are jacked up, you're overweight, you're eating like shit, you're sleeping like shit. Well, there's no point in even, you don't even have the energy and, and the, the physical ability to crush it in life. Mm-hmm. You're not healthy. Okay. That's step number one. Mm-hmm. So let's, first of all, let's get healthy. And if you, and that's especially if you don't know where you're, if you don't have a vision, you don't have a goal. If you're just lost, well, the, the port, a big part of like being lost is probably because you're overweight. Your hormones are all out of whack. Your sleep's out of whack. You have no, you're, you're, in, you're, you're in the fog. Yeah. As soon as you start getting that fat off your body, start putting muscle on, getting some vitamin D, getting your hormones, making sure your testosterone's high, bro. That's a whole game changer right there. Now they wake up and they're like, oh, I want to go crush the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts, it starts with your body first and your health. Absolutely. Just want to go back to uh, something you mentioned there about your your time with the Marines and uh, whilst you were in training there, and uh, you mentioned it but didn't completely elaborate on it. And I'm curious as to the effect that it had on you. And do you still apply it to your life today, or do you help others? Do you, do you use it to help others and um, progress with their life? It's it was the concept of uh, speaking to yourself in the third person, and I'm 
curious in terms of the the psychological mindset that that had on you it's it's almost as if by speaking in the third person you're consistently monitoring yourself you're kind of stepping outside of yourself and yeah you're you're not an individual so the, the their purpose for doing that is you're not an individual yeah you're you're part of a greater team a, a greater purpose yeah and that's that's their that's their so there's some very good benefits to that there's also some very negative things that come out of the military for veterans um, specifically that they need to overcome. Um, while it works very well by building a team, right? It works very well to get you to understand that it's not about you and to not be selfish and to think of others. These are all, everybody could agree. These are all great lessons, right? The bad part of that, those are the good parts. The bad part of it is you almost get to become this beaten dog syndrome to where you're never good enough and that you can't stand out as an individual and you're only as good as everybody around you. Hmm. There is no rise to the top kind of mindset. Do you know what I'm saying? There's not a, there's not an individual that comes that, that you don't, you don't pass the pack. You're part of the pack. There is no special you know what I mean? You're one singular unit. So unfortunately, what that does is on a subconscious level, veterans start to believe that they're not good enough. And it's a crazy thing. Even the special operations guys, there's something that we have to work through once we get out because they talk about this being humble and being, and, and hum, humility is a good thing, but it can also put you so down to where you never even speak because you're like, well, I'm not special. I'm a humble, I'm a you know, silent warrior type of thing. You lose your identity or yeah. Lose your and it's like, and what's crazy is like, so I talked to guys, I'm like, hold on. So like, we're talking about Ray Cashcare earlier, it's Navy SEAL, right? Yeah. So I talk about these guys. We spent, we spent our youth from the time we're 18 into our thirties doing this job, right? There's our whole career. And then they have you tricked to, to believe that you're never supposed to talk about it or put it on your resume or articulate it in a way that makes you look good because that's selfish. That's you're being a showboat. Okay. I'm going to switch it up. Then 18 year old goes to college, goes to pre-med, goes to med school, becomes a doctor as a doctor for 15, 20 years. And then all of a sudden wants to go get a job somewhere else or go start his own practice. He's not supposed to talk about the last 15 years of what he did as his resume. I don't, we didn't go to school. I don't have a doctorate. I'm not a lawyer. I don't have the only accolades that I have that I spent my entire fucking adult life doing was this, but I'm not supposed to talk about it. I'm supposed to be quiet and humble and keep my mouth shut. How, what sense does that make? Mm-hmm. It's the only thing these guys did. It's the only thing they have their whole life. They serve the country. They put their body through hell and they're supposed to be quiet and humble. So there's the, there's the, the positives of it. And then also the negatives. So you have a lot of guys believing that they can't say things. They can't be greater than what they were in the military. They can't rise past even that statue. You know, it's kind of like the whole high school quarterback thing. Like if the greatest thing you were was the high school quarterback and you're living on that, well, that's all you're going to be. You're going to be the washed up dude, you know, talking about what, what was instead of what is or what will become. And how did, how did you manage to break free from that and, and perhaps find your identity again? Uh, 
I, honestly, probably my, uh, I had some really good mentors. Probably the most person was my wife, to be honest. Uh, Cause I was very much, even my first business. And that's one of the reasons why it failed because <clears throat> one of the reasons why it failed was I, I built it on that same mentality of a team that there's no face there's no and in, and in marketability you know like you have to have a face people need somebody to connect to but i i in my mind i wanted it to be bigger than that i wanted it to be uh and in theory it sounds good right i want it to be an idea that people connected to you know it's a lot harder to market you can do that once you've had the face once the face has created the idea then you can create the idea and people get connected to the mission. They get connected to the why and what that is and it moves them. But I went the backwards. I went, I was trying to do the why with no faces. It's about a team. It's about being shoulder to shoulder. It's about, you know, you know, it, you know, I built it off the, my Greek heritage, you know, and, and the, uh, and the phalanx and our, our logo was an adaptation of, uh, of the, of the Lacomandamian shield from the Peloponnese. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically like thigh to thigh, shield to shield. And it was like this team that we're going to move forward as a team. Great. Sounds great. Right. And, and, and talking about it, like, Oh yeah, it's great. It's awesome, man. My brothers I've got, and we're all here and blah, blah, blah. But the reality of marketing that is it doesn't punch as hard as when I get on there as Nick Kumalatsos and I talk directly to men and I talk directly to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're there's so many guys in and, and, and Ray talked about this when we did my podcast. There's so many guys when they get out, they're so afraid to do that for criticism and you know, people talking shit about them, whatever it may be. And you see it, and you see it on social media now, you know, and they're not even with military. Anybody that goes crosses that line, right? That crosses the the law of averages or crosses that mediocre line into are starting to push themselves past, you know, the uh, the flow of water. They're going against it or outside of it. People go, oh no 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 no, get back in line. Yeah, get back in the get back in the herd. No 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 for you. And it's even worse from coming from the military because of that. Of course, yeah. I'm curious in terms of the. The pushback you received when you started to create your own path and you started to maybe speak about your previous experiences did you receive a lot of pushback from your smash bro i got smashed i had lies i mean still to this day i mean not really as much because my success versus the people that talk shit have kind of like yeah. there's a gap there's a bigger gap there you know what i mean but when i first started absolutely man people were making up shit saying horrible things about me um and, and it was it was initially it was like Right when it, right when things for me and success and my business started to take off, um, and I, and on a personal side, when I really started to get healthy, and that's kind of like it's almost a, a, a universal test right there, right? I pers- I, I personally, mentally, and physically started to get really healthy, and that's also the reasons why things started to take off for me simultaneously it was like the universe came against me to put me back in my place. And that's that, that's that talking about the, the mediocrity of, of society and the law of averages, right? As soon as you cross that threshold, the universe is going to be like, whoa, 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 you're stepping outside your lane and, and, and they are going to, you know, and you see it, right? Say you want to get to some great event or you want to go do something. 
it could be anything, your flat tire, uh, you miss your plane connection, a plane has a, an issue, you know, s- s- you know, you lose your phone, somebody steals your wallet. I mean, a million things happen, right? It's the universe trying to put you back in that, in that herd, right? And, and because you're outside of it, you're, you're crossing that threshold. And anytime, anytime that you push yourself outside the average, outside of mediocrity, the universe is going to slap you in the face. But that's the test. Can you push past that? Because I promise you, I fucking promise you, if you if you weather the storm, you will make it on the other side. It's like a surf break. It's like, I don't know if you guys surf, but it's like, it's a bitch sometimes, especially ISUP. So I have this huge 10 foot board, you know, surfers like dip down under the wave. SUPs don't dip under the wave. You have to go through them or over them. So I am just getting crushed, getting past it, right? And if I push hard enough, I will get past it and I will have some fucking sweet rides, but I've got to get there. And, and if you quit before, you'll never make it past. Yeah. You have to, you have to hold, you have to just continue to push to get past that surf break. And then it's gravy. It's a pretty neat place to be too, isn't it? That yeah. area in between. I've spoken about that before. On it's shitty, man. It's yeah. shitty. And I know, and I, and I feel it for people. And, uh, you know, I have coaching, I have coaching clients, both in my mentorship group and one-on-one that they hit that spot and they're like, they want to quit everything. And I'm like, listen, you're at the crux right now. Like, this is where you're at. And I said, I've been there. I can get my book. I can literally tear pages out of it and give it to them and say, here's my story of where I was at my crux. Like it will get better, but man, it, it, it is shitty when you're in it. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. And I want, I want, I want people to know that I have empathy for where you're at, but don't build a fucking house there. Don't pitch your, don't pitch your tent and live in that. You know what I mean? And so many people do so many people will hit that and they will just waller in it. Don't do it. Push past it. Don't you acknowledge it for what it is and then get through it. Don't stay there. What are some of the, big lessons you've taken from that experience on your own journey when you were perhaps crossing that threshold what what got you beyond the threshold was to gain your wife or was it some sort of self self intuition or self-belief that you'd ingrained within yourself or was there something else there? you know i i think i think it's a little bit of everything definitely my wife there was i mean i probably 300 times said and i was <laughs> funny man I'm, I'm literally repeating a conversation i had today with one of the clients um i i literally 300 times probably told her fuck this. I can go get like a $250,000 job doing something and not have to worry about any of this bullshit and just go work nine to five, collect a paycheck. Every dime of it will go into my pocket, you know, minus taxes. You know what I mean? I won't have to like pay for employees and overhead and all this bullshit. Like I'll just collect the paycheck and it'll be simple. It'll be easy. You know, at 300 times, I probably told her like, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm doing, I'm going, I'm just, I'm just going to get a job. Mm-hmm. And I just, there's, and I don't know if it's from my troubled childhood, uh, you know, and working through that to, you know, to re- rebuild my life as a teenager, you know, like by the time I was 13, I had two felonies. So that by from 13 on, I'm like, I had to work to rebuild my reputation, to rebuild a life for me, to, for people to not look at me as like this gang banging kid, you know, to, to be taken seriously. Like there was, I think it was all of it. I think there was, you know, going through uh, recon indoctrination platoon going through ARS going through selection for soft 
all these different things led me to that thing to where there's just this small and, and it's it's not small anymore but then you know you, your fire just when you're in that crux it just gets crushed right but for me i think there was this still little flame that just would never go out and it's almost like i'd rather die in this battlefield than to surrender you know, and if you look, if you think about it like a trench, like a line and you're advancing forward, and if you push past the line and you get past the enemy, then you win. Or you can just stay right there in the freaking, you know, as fodder and then die right there. And, and, and to me, I was like, I'd rather die pushing forward than just quit and die. And I know that's like very dramatic way of putting it, but I remember same thing. I remember being an ARS and and i'm going on those ruck runs and, and remember thinking like i and, and feeling like i'm gonna die you know i've got like 80 pounds on my back and you know you've got to make a time and you're just like going as fast as you can and it's hot as hell and everything hurts and you're in thick sand up to your knees and i remember thinking i will drop dead on this course before i quit mm-hmm. that's it I will, I, I made the, like, and that's a crazy thing to think of, right? Like I made the mental choice that I was willing to die of heat exhaustion and to collapse than to just stop and quit. But you didn't die. You but I didn't die. Yeah. And you, and then you become more resilient and you, you, ingrained. well, exactly. Cause what just happened then, right? Your level of what's difficult and what you can push your brain, your mind and your body to just went up. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, like, you know, moving into like towards the end of the podcast is why, like, I figured we, I, I kind of figured we would get into why do men need to do these things? Yeah. You know, why is it that we, why is it that men need to push themselves and challenge themselves? And even if it's stupid, even if it's silly, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um and, and even at 40 years, I'm 40 years old. And to this day, every year, I find some crazy, stupid, hard thing, uncomfortable challenge to do to test myself because it's uncomfortable, because it takes discipline, because it's just painful. But that means I'm never comfortable. I'm never getting in my comfort zone. I'm always learning something new. And I'm always moving that needle. One of the great, one of the best ones that I did recent, more recently was last year I did, uh, uh, 60, 60 jujitsu sessions in 30 days as a sense. I maybe it wasn't last year. It was 20, maybe 2020, uh, or 2021. Um, so it was almost a year and a half ago, uh, as a, as a white belt. So I had about a year and three months in jujitsu. Um, so, you know, still a very much beginner, right? Had the basics, but very, very much the beginner, still very much fighting versus somebody who's 10 years in, they don't have to work so hard, right? The concept of their experience is their output energy-wise is not the same as what my output energy-wise trying to survive, right? They have the experience and the technique to, to keep people off of them and, and to, to attack and defend with little to no effort versus me, it's 100% of everything both ways, whether I'm attacking or whether I'm trying to, trying to defend. So the output, I think it was 42,500 calories in a 30 burned in a 30 day period. <laughs> just, that's just tracked. That's not BMR. That's just the, the belt that I used. 
that was the belt only period. That was the only, it was just the belt. Um, so on top of BMR on top of, you know, your net and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't even know how many calories I burned for the month, but wake up at 5. AM 5:45 to 7 30 work all day, go back at 7 30 to nine o'clock for 30 days straight. Mm-hmm. It was funny, man. I, and I want to do this. I want to take a picture of my face when I started and my picture of one weekend, it looked like I got cancer. My face, within one week, my face was sunken in. I had two black eyes. I had shaved my head. It, I looked like, <laughs> it looked horrible. It looked like whatever this guy is doing, he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> he looked healthy. Now he looks like he's dying. And after, that's what I felt like. After, I was dying. after one week? And you after one week. Yeah, so you kept going. And my coach, my coach told me, my coach told me, he goes, uh, you're going to get to a real dark spot around week, week two. I said, week two, you're going to get to a real dark spot. And then week three, you're going to hit your stride where it's like, oh, this is what this is where I live now. I live in this, this bowl of misery <laughs> and I'm okay with it because this is where my house is. You know what I mean? But that's, <laughs> that's what he said. It was, man, it, week two. And, I, and I, I produced a whole series on it. It's a whole, uh, whole playlist on, on uh, YouTube. Very, very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talked about, it was about halfway through the series, talked about how I literally just had so much doubt in myself. I was like, I don't know if I physically can do this anymore. I don't know if I physically can show up and, and, and do the thing. Like, I'm so exhausted. I'm so worn down. And um, my body hurts so bad. And uh, anyways, but you know what I did? prep the night before I'd get back shower, basically go right, prep my bag, go right to bed. And I put my bag by the door. So all I had to do was just get up, grab my bag and walk out the door, regardless of how I felt had nothing to do with how I felt. It was just about showing up, grab your bag and walk out the door. And as soon as that happens, you're already in motion. The thing is happening. And then you do that again and you do that again. And we talk a lot about people go talk about, well, I'm not motivated. I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard this thing. Well, I don't, I, uh, you know, I just, I've, I don't, I'm not motivated to do it or I lost motivation. Well, that's because it's it, motivation is a drug, right? It's, a, it's like a big dopamine hit. It's like doing cocaine, you know, it fades. Mm-hmm. It's great while you have it, but it fades and it doesn't carry you want carry you through. But the discipline of doing it every day, you know, when, with my, uh, my, my physical fitness group, the Agogi, we always say like, one of the pillars, the second pillar of the agogi is, is discipline. And we say that discipline breeds consistency and consistency is what equals results. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's just like, so I just showed up every day, regardless of how I felt. I just show up and that can be taken anything in life, right? Being a father, being a husband, um, being a business owner, you know, good times, bad times. It doesn't really matter. It's the consistency of showing up, being a husband, show up, you know, being a father, be there, show up you know, across the board. And it has nothing to do with how you feel. Some days you're going to feel great. Some days you're not going to feel so great. doesn't matter. You show up. Mm-hmm. But over, like you said earlier, over time, man, that builds lifelong habits. Mm-hmm. And you look back down the road and you're like, my life, my, I am exponentially better. My life is exponentially better. Everything around me is exponentially better because I showed up. Yeah. But do you, do you avoid comfort? No, like is, or do you allow yourself rest recovery 
enjoyment fun or is your idea of fun very different to what my idea of fun would be like is your idea of fun training or going on a hike or still something very active or something quite strenuous someone i tell you what i'm a i i absolutely uh i grew up with a single mom and um she was uh she's actually a nas- national best-selling author now and a, she was a screenplay writer and we're big movie people yeah huge movie people fucking love the movies man so I like, so I, I do relax. I love the movies. I got people in entertainment. Now I've done entertainment myself. I absolutely love the whole process, the creative process of it. Um, so I do, I do relax. Um, I'm actually probably one of the, I, I relax as hard as I work. So I, I relax so well that it, it can make people uncomfortable. Like I literally, I will once a year, I go to, I go visit my family in Greece and this is the routine in Greece. And it's funny. Now I got my daughter on the routine. I said, I'm taking my daughter there this year uh, for her 16th birthday. It's just me and her. So it's the first time just her and I get to go. And uh, so we're going to go visit family, but we're, you know, we're going to go. I said, well, what do you want to do? You know, like, since it's just you, we're not taking the baby. My wife's not going, it's not going to be this, you know, when you travel the whole family, it's, it's a clusterfuck. Right. But with just her, me and a 16 year old girl, it's going to be easy, you know, a couple of backpacks and that's it. So what do you want to do? She goes, the same thing we do every time. I'm like, you don't want to go here. She's like, dad, I've seen all that. So here's the routine. You wake up, you have coffee, you have a little something to eat for breakfast, a little, not much, a little something, you know, cookie or something. You go to the beach, take, take a dip, have a coffee at the beach, come home, take a nap or eat, take a nap, watch the sun, then wake up, watch the sunset, have dinner, go to sleep, repeat. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the day. Beach, coffee, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. And then we get a workout in here or there. You know is what I mean? Is, but yeah, that's. Is that something you've had, to, you've, you've had to work on ingraining as part of your life, like rest, recovery? Because again, coming from a military background where it's almost like every fucking day, I've, I haven't been in the military, but I can imagine every fucking day you're up, you're at it, you're fucking fighting, you're training. Here, you're- yes. Yeah. When I go there, absolutely not. It's almost like, it's like a, yeah. a genetic thing that kicks in that I'm like, okay, I'm in Greece. I'm gonna do the Greek thing now <laughs> yeah. uh, here. Yes. It's something rest and recovery was something that I had to learn, especially as you age, right. Mm-hmm. Um, being 40 years old, the reality is I cannot train. Um, and, and I don't want to consume the amount of calories. I cannot train like I did when I was 28 at, and, and, and I'm not training for that anymore. Right. That's, that's not my mission anymore. Um, am I as, probably as healthy as I've probably close to I've ever been that mine. Do I look better than I probably ever have? Yeah. Um, but I had to learn that I don't always need to run. I need to actually walk a lot more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that I can't operate on six hours of sleep. If I truly want everything to work well, then I need to get eight hours of sleep, maybe even 10 hours of sleep, right? There's days that I want to go crazy and my body's telling me, nah, you should probably rest today. You know what I mean? So that is something that, that, that I took a hard lesson because as I, when I got out and I ate, as I was getting older, I was trying to keep up with the older version of me. So my brain was living in a, in a performance-based past that makes sense. Like I was trying to keep up with this younger version of me that, was, that, that I didn't need to anymore. That guy was gone the purpose of that was gone. And I had a good mentor going, why, you know, and a, and a strength conditioning coach going, why are you still training for that? You're not doing that anymore. 
And I said, I don't, I don't know. Cause that's, that's the only thing that I, that's what I know. Right. That's <laughs> like, that's, that's how I train. And he goes, but that's what he's like, that's not what you're training for anymore. What do you, what do you do now? You know, what do you need to train? What are you training for now? Like what's your life look like now? And I was like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not training to go climb mountains and go on and up and go shoot people in the face. You know, that's not what I'm training for. I'm not, that's not my goal anymore. Do I need to be able to protect myself and be physically fit and be able to fight and, you know, be a man? Yeah, of course. But that's not the same as what I was doing. So I did, I had to have a, there was a very hard mental shift and I struggled with it because I was having such a hard time during that time. And I talk about this openly. I share pictures of me gaining weight. I share pictures of, you know, my testosterone being low for multiple TBIs and all kinds of stuff. Um, very, very open and vulnerable about that because I think so many veterans and men in general struggle with the same thing, especially as they age and they don't even know what's happening. So I'm very open about that, but it was a very, um, a very conscious decision to go take a step back and go, I have to reevaluate the way that I treat my body and the way that I train and what I train my body for now. Sounds like you were navigating a midlife crisis there. Fair to say. Absolutely, because you you kind of touched on it before. It's it's an identity crisis, mm. you know. You're this whole thing, and and I won't even touch the military because that's pretty that's that's kind of on the nose. Everybody understands that if you're in the military, it's part of your identity. But what I like to do is utilize sports. You take a guy, uh, you take a guy. You're playing, you know, like when do you guys start playing kids in football? Like four, yeah, over there. Four or five years of age, yeah. Mm-hmm. Four or five years, right? So you get a kid, he's playing football, four or five years of age. Um, he plays like little tykes, whatever they call him. Then he goes to, he goes to you know elementary school, he's playing in there. He goes to high school, he's playing in there. Then he goes to college, he's playing there. Maybe he goes for a national team, he's playing there. 23 years old, somebody hits him on the side, takes his knee out, done. This kid's been a footballer since as long as he has memories. Now he's 23 years old. He's no longer, he's like, they're saying, nope, you're never going to play football. And the, the, the fact is they're not even saying that he, that, that he can't play football. He's in a physical, he's in a physical situation where he can't compete with the national team anymore. He's not on that level because of his injury. So yeah, he could play, but he's not bad anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you think that 23 year old is going to do? Self-destruct drugs, alcohol, woman, like, yeah. Cause he's not going to know what the, he's like, well, if I'm not this, what I'm going to do. And he's literally going to do, he's just going to go into self-destructive mode. He's nobody. He, he, he doesn't know who he is anymore. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, you're not a footballer. Then what am I? You know what I mean? That's, that's the, that's the thing. And that's, and then, and you know, say that's you, it's like, well, then who is Gavin? If Gavin's not a footballer, then who, then who is Gavin? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the journey. That's the work. That's the true work to get put in to get, to, to become this, the, the, the new version of yourself, you know, and then so many people get stuck in that chapter that they think that that chapter was the best chapter of their life. And they're never going to have another chat. They're never going to have a better chapter than that. So why turn the page? So they get stuck right there and they never want to turn the page, not knowing, not knowing that the next chapter might just be the best chapter of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, for a lot of men, there's a, <clears throat> maybe women as well, but for, we'll speak about men. Like there's a, there's a fear of uh, aging, isn't there? There's a fear of sort of, um, there, there's a reluctance to let go of the past. I think that's why a lot of men in, in long-term relationships and marriages 
tend to veer towards having affairs or dating younger women. They're trying to capture or perhaps hold on to some part of their youth and, you know, this sense of validation. And I think it's all part of that transition of that midlife crisis that they're possible. But it's also, if, if they're, if they're looking that way, then they're missing, they're, they're, they're lacking purpose, right? Like they're, they're lacking their true purpose because any, any man with a true purpose is never looking backwards. Yeah. You know, if, 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 a, if a man has had knows his purpose in life, knows what his mission is, there's no room to look back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always, it's always forward because that's their whole, my, my, like for me, my whole mission, my whole purpose is what I offer to other ones. I mean, I, I know my, I mean, based off of a mentor gave me this book, it's called where, what is your life for? Is it for you? It's, well, that's a, that's a quote, but it's, where will you be? Where will you be five years from today? Okay. And in that book, in that book, it, it gave me, and it literally is like a picture book and big text. It's like, it's funny. It's almost for kids, <laughs> but it, it got me to ask the questions, what my mission is. So before I even started coaching people, before I had the agogi, before I had my coaching and mentorship groups, before I had any of that stuff, it got me to ask the questions of who Nick was and what my purpose is and what my mission statement was. And through that book, I found it out. And my mission statement is to inspire, educate, motivate men, specifically men, to live a healthier and more successful life. That's, that's it. I wake up and I go do that. My business does that. And I, I didn't even know it at the time. I, di- I didn't know that I was going to have a business, but I had to ask myself internal questions of who Nick was, what I'm passionate about, what motivates me, what moves me, um, what gets me going. And that's what it is. And that could be through anything. It could be through making a video. It could be making a television show, making a movie, you know, coaching someone, having a conversation with somebody. It doesn't really matter. That's the, that's the, the core mission. That's my purpose. And if a man doesn't know his mission, if a man doesn't know his purpose, then I love the analogy that that my my mentor and friend Bedros Koulian gives. Um, Ray Ray Cashcare works for as well. Is uh, you're like that that high high energy German Shepherd, right? German Shepherds are great dogs. We have them in the military. Amazing dog, working dogs. You know what they also are? They don't have a mission. They're not on task. They will fuck your shit up. They will dig holes in your backyard. They will eat your couch. They will they will they will eat a hole through your sheetrock and go through one room to the next. They are absolutely destructive when they don't have a purpose. Men are the exact same way. If we don't have a purpose, we don't have a mission. We are self-destructive and we're digging holes in our own life. Hence what you're saying, affairs, midlife crisis, stupid cars, spending money, blowing money, gambling, drugs, alcohol, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. So it begins with purpose. Everything you do in your life anyway, it starts and ends with you. That's what I will say to the guys, you know, huh? you're the main man in your life. You're no, you're player number one. So you've got to focus in, hone in yourself first and understand why you're here. And what is your, as you said, what is your mission? Well, it's like, let, let's talk about somebody that's uh, like, how do you find a mate, right? Like you, you, everybody's talking about, well, where do I find a mate? Where do I find this? Where do I, how do I, you know, do I go to a church? Do I go to a bar? Do I go to a gym? You know, where do I pick up chicks? Uh, you don't, you work on yourself first. Stop worrying about, they will, they, that will happen. That will happen when, when it, when it's time to happen, you know what I mean? But you have to work instead of focusing on where to pick up a chick, focus on you becoming the very best version of yourself. All that will be drawn to you. Mm-hmm. If you're emotionally intelligent, emotionally mature and growing and have purpose and passion in your life, 
I mean, not to sound weird, but like women will literally land on your doorstep mm-hmm. because they, they, that is attractive. A man with purpose, with morals, with high character is attractive. Mm-hmm. And not only are you attracting the right, you're attracting women, you're attracting the, the right kind of women. Yeah. Yeah. Become a higher standard yourself and you will ret- attract a high, higher standard of women. Of, or exactly. Women. Yeah. And just, uh, just uh, we're sort of nearing the end of the, of the episode, but I want to sort of leave you with this question as you reflect back on your journey, no matter what it has been over your business, over your personal life, over your military life, what's one of the sort of low points of that journey that you now reflect back on as becoming a high point in your life that that's brought you to, that's perhaps been a catalyst to bring you to a higher level of your life today? When I was going through, there's a couple, I can think of like three. Hmm. Um, I'll do this one because a lot this happens to probably more people than, than the others. Getting fired from my job uh, outside of the military. My first job outside of the military, my, I got basically got fired. My, they ended my contract. Long story short, um, I was um, abrasive. I thought my way was the right way, which it was, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and the reason why I know that is because I developed a program, uh, a system and a program to train and equip people to do a certain thing. And it was, it was wildly successful. And um, I, they canceled my contract on a Monday. I got a call from my friend on a Tuesday saying they were taking our program that we created and rolling it out to the entire company worldwide as the standard SOP of operating and training. Um, So two things there. One, getting crushed, making $164,000 a year straight out of the military, and then just having the rug pulled out from under you in in just one day. One day you're making $164,000 a year, next day you're unemployed. Never even even thought in a million years that that could ever happen, right? Two things that I two things I realized. One, if I could build a program and a solution and offer a solution to people to solve problems for a billion dollar company, then I could do it for myself. The second thing was if I if that if I did not get fired, I would not have had the first epiphany and I would have not have started my company, which I failed at, which I would not led me to the man that I became that I had to go through to become. Because how difficult would it have been to leave? Because I, you know, if I stayed there, I'd been making well into the two hundreds to the three hundred thousand dollars a year, right? How diff with healthcare and everything? How difficult would it have been for me to leave that? Mm -hmm. And what kind of man would I have been if I didn't have all those losses and had to work on myself? So while that seemed to be one of the most devastating moments of my life, it was the, it was the, the pivotal crux moment that led me to everything that I am today and the person I am today. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be successful. I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm passionate about doing. I mean, at the time, it was absolutely devastating. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Brilliant, man. 
yeah i feel that because i've been there myself so <laughs> yeah and it was, a, it was a massive catalyst to my change as well so i uh, i know exactly what you're speaking about but yeah this has been uh an epic conversation really enjoyed this man and uh thank you so much for your and oh gavin thank you for having me on sharing man hopefully i can hopefully have uh you know brought some uh a shining light to somebody who's maybe in that situation definitely man i think you've shaken up a few men who've been listening to this podcast and uh yeah initiate initiated or help them initiate the first move towards becoming a better version of themselves so uh no thank you so much and for any of the guys listening to the episode where is the best place to find you now we'll add in all the links to the show notes below it's just to all the listeners just uh, check them out but where's the best place to connect with you and probably instagram current currently probably instagram i'm everywhere but that's probably where i'm, I'm paying it i'm paying most attention mm-hmm. cool yeah i'll add that below and uh yeah what does the future look like for for yourself nick what's ahead um building this building my uh my mentorship and coaching i told i, I told a, a friend of mine i said man if i sell all my businesses today the two things that i would do would be podcast and coach men sweet that's that's my future so eventually i will we will we will sell all the other businesses off and the two things that i will continue to do as long as i can do it is the podcast and uh and mentor mentor men brilliant man well you're a great speaker so keep that going thank you thanks man thank you for tuning in to another episode of the modern warrior podcast If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.